foundation of wrestling.eventbrite.com standalone wrestling it's going to be coming to norwich connecticut definitely looking forward to debuting in connecticut it's our first time up there there's a kalisto meet and greet which you get to meet him and you get a front row that's 50 there's a front row for 30 and there's also a vip white glove upgrade which is a picture in the ring with our ring announcer and one standalone roster account which is 35 so we have all different prices and then we go down to a 20 dollar ga as well so again there's something for everybody as far as the price structure goes to work with a group called vet ticks where we give free tickets away to the vets and their families connecticut will be one well if you want to laugh you know the, the person who's in that family that likes comedy stuff is going to like that if you want to see john wayne murdoch and like some hardcore spots and you're into that type of thing you're going to get that you know if you want to see women's wrestling you're going to get some of that you know so a, a great mixture of you know seven to nine matches to give a value for everybody and then to also give them something that they want to come back and see again anybody that's in the connecticut area watching this go out and support this $20 GA ticket, $30 front row ticket, and you also have VIP upgrades. Check out the website. Check out the interview. Davey Richards. I see TJ Perkins, Marco Stunt. But you also have guys like Bob Backlund who's going to be there. If you're anywhere near the Norwich area on May 21st, you're going to want to check that out. Standalone Wrestling. Some one hell of a card. Marco Stunt on the card. You have Nyla Rose, John Silver. You've got Kalisto for the meet and greet. Kalisto. If you don't think kids are going to want to see this masked wrestler, get your your tickets early get the vip package get your photo your autographs line it up and let's knock this out of the park at pistol pizza norway 50 vip 30 front row 20 general admission check them out at foundation of wrestling.eventbrite.com or check out our recent interview with chad menace and go to that pistol pete show because if we don't pack out pistol pete's the chances of him coming back to this area very low and especially look at the quality of that card you got tjp matt Matt Tremont, John Wayne Murdoch, one of the up-and-comers on IWTV. And this is going to be an IWTV pay-per-view. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you. Because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, 
Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. It's the Working Fans Combat Cast. Back for another week of action. Get ready. We're going to talk some combat sports. The first, Chevy, why don't we tell people what we got coming up? All right. On May 14th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night Blakovich versus Rakic. May 21st. Previewing UFC Fight Night Home versus Vieira. Then at the end of the month, there's no UFC, there's no Bellator, so we're going to figure something out for you guys. Yeah, we'll come up with something. Now, before we get into last week's card, we were talking about the PFL a little bit before we got on, so, you know, we forget about them. It's whatever. They got a card tomorrow night. I mean, the first fight is Rory McDonald versus Brett Cooper, and then Anthony Pettis versus Miles Price. Ray Cooper III versus Carlos Leal. And I struggle with this woman's name, but it's Maria Maka Takatina, it looks like. And she is fighting Kayla Harrison. So this is a pretty good card. Yeah, as far as PFL goes, it's a banger, really. Yeah, and like you said, too, I mean, even to just stay up for like those first two fights, I mean, you're getting Anthony Pettis and Rory McDonald. Right, I can't pass up a Rory fight for sure. No, no, no. It's like, it's yeah, it's actually very interesting, like, We'll get into it in a minute, but just this weekend, some of the uh, fighters that are fighting this weekend that have been around forever. going to be a great weekend for fights, for sure. So let's talk a little bit this past weekend. You got to watch some of this card after already knowing what happened, so it wasn't as exciting for you we were talking about. I got some vehicle issues, so I got to this late, but I did get to see this crazy Marlon Vera-Rob Font fight, which was really awesome. But we'll go. We'll get there. Let's do this card first. Just the main card. Christoph Jotko defeated Gerald Merchant. Did you get to watch any of this? I did. This is the one where we were looking at records, and Merchant had like twenty six wins by submission. So we yes. both, I believe, picked him to win yeah. by submission. But Gerald just could. He was too slow when the fight was standing. He couldn't get Jocko down, and he basically just got dominated on the feet for three rounds. Jocko, oh, middleweight. He'll. Keep moving on. Trying to think, what was he? He he had a win, a uh, split decision over Misha Surkov before this. And uh, I mean, if you think about it, he's won five out of his last six. I'm looking now at his record. His only loss was the decision to Sean Strickland. So this right. guy who's beating everyone right now, right? Yeah, so that's interesting. Then we had Darren Elkins, the damage versus Tristan Connolly. I think I thought Elkins was going to finish him here. He did get the win by decision. What did you think of this fight? Uh, I think Elkins said it the best in his post-fight interview. He's just a grinder. He just ground out this victory with grit and determination and absorbing damage like he, like he does. Yes. I think he just... And Tristan was game for sure, but I think he should have fought a little bit smarter, a little more technical. Instead, he kind of played into Elkins's game plan, and it looked like he got fatigued later on in the fight. Like you said, he almost got finished, so... Good win for Darren. I know hey, he's just a tough fight for everyone. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, you, know, you should plan to go the distance with him when you get in the in the cage with him because he he doesn't get finished. No, he is the damage for a reason. Maybe someday that'll catch up to him, but it ain't yet. Uh, he's not a young man that hasn't caught up to him yet, so we'll see. Yeah. 
Then we had a third round submission, rear naked choke. Grant Dawson defeated Jared Gordon. What were your thoughts on this fight? I thought this fight was going to be a lot closer than it was. Jared Gordon kind of just got beat up for the two rounds before he ended up losing. I, I just thought Dawson looked great. I think he's he's a great prospect for sure. Then we had a guy's name I remember struggled before, but he got the win. Featherweight, Jodenson, Joanderson, Brito defeated Andre Feely. And I thought Andre Feely would be a little too big time for him. Boy, was I wrong. TKO punches, 41 seconds into round one. What do you make about the newcomer? I told you Andre Feely ain't shit. He's a stepping stone for this guy. I did. I did I think, think that. Uh, I, to be fair, <laughs> I, yeah, I am a. I am a. Uh, I'm just kidding. I. I, I like Feely. Yeah. He's a gamer for sure, but a little inconsistent. Just, I think was actually yeah, what you said. So. That's his problem. He's just. He's very up and down. In this case, he just got clipped early. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it happens to everyone. You could tell when it happened. He was upset, but you know, what are you gonna do? I don't think we learned too much about Brito after this fight, and I think Feely could bounce back in his next one. So, just a situation where Feely maybe underestimates opponents sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I think he should be more technical. I think he's too apt to engage in a war, and I don't. It doesn't usually work out for him. So maybe a change of camp or something would be yeah. good to revitalize his career at this point. Cause I don't know what his record is in the UFC off the top of my head, but it's not super great. You know, he, I would say at this point in his career, he, he would be in, in danger of getting cut, you know, possibly. I don't know how much money he's making, but it's possible. He's not that big of a fan favorite that he's safe from being cut. No, he's lost two in a row and there was a no contest in the middle of there. So mm. he's definitely on the cusp. A guy who's not on the cusp is Andre Avalosky. Another victory in a row, although some thought a little controversial. Maybe he didn't deserve it, but regardless, that's four in a row for the big man. What did you think of the fight? Yeah, I would have given the fight to Andre. There wasn't a whole lot that happened in this fight, though. It was a lot of swinging, missing, you know, not a whole lot of damage done. We talked about this a little bit beforehand, but I believe... The scoring was a little bit strange. So two judges scored it for Andre. Obviously, it was a split decision. And the third judge scored all three rounds for Collier, I believe. Mm -hmm. So anytime you have a decision like that, it's a little bit suspect. Jake is just continuing his streak of win one, lose one, as I said. So he'll probably win his next one. The big fight, super exciting fight. I got home time to watch this. Vera and Font, great fight. Font, tremendous output. Looked like really good. But then Vera... Just it was like everything he was doing was hurting Font more. Like he didn't have the same outfit, but everything he was doing looked more effective. And he was coming up with a wider array of attacks on his feet. He had knees, he had kicks. Font durable as hell. He hangs in there. It looked like he was going to be finished multiple times. I think it was Kenny Florian I heard on the Anakin Florian podcast. He did say maybe Font could have utilized takedowns a little bit more in this match. That might have been a big difference for him because I did notice he did successfully pull off a takedown once, but he didn't keep doing that. Yeah, basically what you said, Font looked great, but he wasn't as, as effective. He wasn't damaging Marlon with his attacks. His output was phenomenal. His volume was great. He looked crisp boxing. He looked fantastic until about a minute left in every round when he got clipped and was about to be finished at the end of like every round. But 
I think more so than, you know, a failure for Font, this is just shows how great Marlon has become at this point. I think that really he's gone to the next level because Font is, you know, a top five and will hang around the top five for a long part of the rest of his career. And it shows that Marlon deserves to be up in that area too, in a super stacked division. So, you know, good on him. I'm sure Font will, will bounce back, you know, maybe make those adjustments like you said, a little bit more wrestling, but... I don't think his stock goes down too much with this. So we got a question in the comments here. Chevy, what's your go-to food for UFC parties? Let's see. Go-to food. I'm a big fan of our friend Scott from Voluntown when he brings his these fancy gourmet donuts that he picks up. Mm. I'm a particular fan of this Dunkaroo-filled one that he does. Providence Donuts is that place, yes, by the way. Providence yeah. Donuts, yes. What about you, Dave? What's your favorite uh, UFC group food? So, I mean, I'm always a pizza fan. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Not kissing ass, but I can't show you what I love your wife's cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I figured that might be what the answer is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does a good job. Shout out to Mrs. Chevin Rooney. <laughs> Randy, another good comment here. I had missed so much stuff going on this weekend. Big Bellator fights on Friday, too. So I peeped that while you were talking. Might look like I wasn't paying attention, but I was doing some work here. Bellator 280. It's also Friday. This is going to be in Paris, France at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Main event is Ryan Bader defending the heavyweight title against Chick Congo. Co-main event, a guy named Alex Pulizzi, I'm not too familiar with, in a light heavyweight contest against Yoel Romero. Don't know much about Danny Gowan or Benjamin Brinder, but that's right below that. And then Lorenz Larkin, former UFC fighter against Kyle Stewart. And then middleweights open the card, Mike Shipman and Gregory Pavine. I'll just make, I'm interested in Larkin. I always thought he was really, maybe he lacked a little consistency too, but I thought like, you know, he just, as a guy who could be very explosive, Yoel Romero, I mean, talking about explosive, like I think. This is Yoel's debut in Bellator, right? Because yes. his previous fight fell through, I believe. Yeah, there were some injuries and stuff too. I don't remember if Yoel, but this is his first fight in Bellator. Oh no, I'm sorry. He has had one fight in Bellator. He had a split decision loss to Phil Davis. Actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah that was a, wasn't too too long ago. That's right. Congo, on the other hand, he fought last year against Sergi. Uh, I, I don't know. This is a Russian heavyweight, and he had a rear naked choke. So that's his last one. He had a, before that, he had a loss, a split decision loss to Timothy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Congo's a guy who's always been hard to kind of get out of there. I wonder... If their grappling is going to balance each other out and we just get a heavyweight striking match. I, I don't know about if it's a heavyweight striking match. I want to say Congo because he's Me a more natural But Bader's speed could be the difference. And even though Congo hangs in there, he's chinny in the chance that like he will get knocked down a lot. So we'll see what's up. We got Matt Lang in the comments here. Big Dave shouting us out. You got it, Matt. Matt Lang, thank you for participating. I don't know what you brought to the table, but you said you said my name, so you got it. Shout out Matt Lang. Shout out Matt Lang. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'll, I'm I guess gun to my head. I'll pick I'll pick Congo. I'll say we have a new heavyweight champion. I'm gonna go with Bader just based on the people he's beaten to become heavyweight champion. So yeah, I I don't know. I just I think <laughs> matchup wise, this is a boring fight. But it does. It's, a, it's heavyweight, so. It could still be exciting. Bellator's heavyweight division is kind of a mess, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, why? Because Chael Sonnen was in the Grand Prix? Is that what you're <laughs> Yes. Middleweight Chael Sonnen was in the Heavyweight Grand Prix? Yeah. Just, and did I, well? Yeah. <laughs> You did. All right. Let's get to let's get to this week at GFC two seventy five card two four card. We got this is a stack card. Cowboy Cerrone and Joe Lozon opening up the show. Cow, I'm not even going to go through all their UFC records on this, just because we got so many legends in here. But Cowboy Cerrone, 36-16-2. His last win was May 2019. This guy's had fight of the night six times, knockout of the night three times, submission of the night twice. Performance of the night seven times. He's tied for most wins in UFC history with Jim Miller and Andre Avalosky. He's got second most finishes in UFC history. He's tied for most post fight bonuses in UFC with Charles Oliveira, who's also on the card. He's got third most bouts in UFC history at 37, second most wins in UFC lightweight history, and tied for most finishes at UFC lightweight history. Also, most knockdowns in UFC history. And then we got Joe Lozon, 28 and 15. His last fight was a win, but it was October 2019. He's got fight of the night seven times, <laughs> knockout of the night honors one time, submission of the night six times, performance of the night one time. And he's got most submission of the night honors in UFC history at six and second most finishes in UFC lightweight division. So, Jesus, <laughs> like you're talking about like two Hall of Fame career here for guys who never had the UFC lightweight belt. I favor Cowboy Cerrone in this based off the last several years, but as brought up on the Anakin and Florian podcast too, Lozon's like Cowboy's weakness has always been he's a slow starter. And Lozon's thing is he's always been a fast starter. So that's somewhat concerning for me as a Cowboy Cerrone fan. And I like Joe Lozon, but I'm just Cowboy Cerrone for life here. I'll say Cerrone can weather the storm. And he'll get a win. I think someone's going out early, actually. I think this will be a first-round finish. I think Cowboy maybe weathers a storm and gets like a head kick or something and finish in round one. But I wouldn't be surprised if Lozon just catches him and makes it a tough, sad night for Cowboy and gets him out of round one either. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go Cowboy round one, TKO. Before I give my take on this fight, I just want to shout out some prelim fights real quick. Uh, okay. Brennan Royval versus Matt Schnell. That's a great prelim fight. And Randy Brown versus Chaos Williams. So keep an yeah. eye out for those those couple fights. I think they're, they could be some bangers. But back to Cowboy and Joe Lozon. Yeah. I agree with basically everything you said. Two legends, obviously 95 professional fights between them. That's ridiculous, especially at lightweight where, you know, careers don't last as long as they do at like heavyweight or something. So I, I, I'm having a hard time picking this one. Uh, respect to the Florian podcast where they're talking about Joe starting early and Cowboy being a slow start. I didn't think of that, but... I'm just really hoping we're getting a grappling heavy fight that everyone always talks about how great Cowboys Jiu Jitsu is and we never get to see it. And we know how great Lozon's is. So I would just love if we got just a great Jiu Jitsu match, basically. And if it does go longer in a Jiu Jitsu match, you know, if Joe takes him down early or Cowboy, you know, they get in a clinch or something like that, I think that would be good for Cowboy because, like you said, Joe starts early cowboy can weather that opening you know three or four minutes first round sort of thing i i I think he can get it done either on the ground or you know 
some head kick knockout or something because he's very capable of something like that as well. So I'm not going to be upset if either guy loses. Honestly, our best case scenario, we see Joe Lozon move on after this and fight maybe a couple more times, but Cowboy gets the win, lays the gloves down in the octagon, retires in front of his son and, and goes on fucking wakeboarding and skydiving, scuba diving, whatever the fuck that guy's doing with his life these days. But I, I just hope it's a good fight, you know, good war, something he can be proud of, and, and then he retires. We're going to one legend, a couple legends to another legend here. Mauricio Rua, Shogun. Guys, 27 and 12, with one no contest. His last fight was a loss, 2020. This is a guy who was pride fighting champion, 2005 middleweight Grand Prix. UFC light heavyweight champion, knockout of the night three times, fight of the night four times, performance of the night once. He's tied with John Jones for most fight night bonuses in UFC light heavyweight division history at eight. Fight of the year with Dan Henderson in 2011. People should check that out. And that's also in the USC Hall of Fame. He's taken on OSP, who's 25 and 16. Uh, OSP has had performance of the night seven times, too. So, you know, you can't underestimate that. What is <laughs> now here, too? O- OSP also most Von Few choke submission victories in UFC history. He's tied for second for most of it. Yeah, submission victories in UFC light heavyweight history with John Jones, Misha Cherkov, and Paul Craig. Second most, yeah, second most stoppages wins in UFC light heavyweight history, tied with Jones and Shogun. And these two have met before, and OSP did stop Shogun. OSP hasn't fought in a while either. Since that fight, Shogun hat was looking a little more sharp. I don't know. I it's weird. Like I guess OSP's the younger guy here. But I'm going to go with Shogun. I'm going to say he avenges the loss and gets to win here. I just have a feeling like my gut is telling me we're not going to see a very motivated OSP because we haven't seen him in a while and there's no reason for that. Whereas I feel like Shogun wouldn't be showing up here unless he was motivated. So based on that, I'm going to say Shogun gets it done, but I wouldn't be surprised with all the wars he's had if he gets clipped. here. I'll go Shogun. I'll go ground and pound. I'll go round three TKO. Well, I don't think OSP is going to land that Von Flu choke on someone of Shogun's grappling quality. So take that out. So OSP's other super dangerous weapon, I think, is his left body and high kick. And he's quite a bit taller than Shogun, longer. So I think if he can get that working, he can knock Shogun out pretty easily at this point. But it is very possible, like you said, that Shogun, if he just blitzes in, gets inside that range and lands hooks on OSP, he can get him to quit or knock him out. So I think it's going to be uh, who can implement their game plan. And ultimately, I think it's going to be OSP. Probably say like round two, maybe uh, he he works his legs a little bit, softens up his legs, and then goes up high with a high kick and KO Shogun. Then we got, you know, Randy asked us what our uh, favorite fight of this weekend will be. And this is what my thought was as well. Yeah. I, I, this was the main event. We'll talk about the main event too, but this fight's got a lot of potential. Michael Chan, we're 22 and 7. UFC, he's had performance of the night one time, fight of the night one time, which was the 2021 fight of the year against Justin Gaethje. He's been the Bellator lightweight world champion three times. Bellator season four lightweight tournament winner. Most submission victories in Bellator lightweight division. He's tied for most fights in Bellator history. Most stoppages wins in Bellator MMA history. Most stoppage wins at Bellator lightweight division. Most title reigns in Bellator MMA history with three. 
this guy's a Bellator standout, really. Like that's where the majority of his career was. And then we got Tony Ferguson, twenty-five and six. I wrote down myself was on a twelve-fight win streak before he lost three in a row. Just collegiate wrestling champion, NCWA national champion, All American, Michigan High School Athletic Association. Like this guy's got a lot of wrestling titles here in the UFC. He's been an interim lightweight champion. He was the ultimate fighter, 13 winner. He's got fight of the night six times, knockout of the night once, submission of the night once, performance of the night three times. He's a stud and he's fallen on some hard times with these three losses, all against great competitors. And I got to tell you, my first instant reaction about this fight was Tony's going to pull this off and it's going to be a crazy fight. And I thought about it more. It's a three-round fight. And I think in a three-round fight, is going to be a difference for me. I favor Michael Chandler because I think he'll use that wrestling, his striking, and I think he might go up early. This is one of the fights I think will go the distance. And yeah, I think Chandler pulls it off with a decision. Yeah, I, I think you're right about the this the fact that this is a three round fight changes the fight for sure. Now um, we know how great Tony's cardio is. Who knows what he's going to look like though? Three losses in a row is tough. You know, Tony is a unique guy as a an elite mentality, but three losses in a row is going to weigh on him. I think this is a real crossroads fight for both guys. Yeah. I, th- I think Chandler would be would be better served with the loss because his fights have been so exciting and close for the most part to the top guys. He can kind of get away with maybe one more than Tony can. I, I think people are going to be pushing Tony into retirement if he loses this fight. As far as how I think the fight's going to go, if Tony doesn't catch Chandler early in some darce or some sneaky darce or some weird submission when they're in in a grappling exchange, I think he's going to get worked on the feet. I just don't think that he can hurt Chandler. And Chandler, with the amount of power he has and how badly Gaethje beat up Ferguson, I I think you might see more of that. So I kind of hope that doesn't happen. I like both guys, but I want to see Tony Ferguson take damage like he did against Justin Gaethje. So hopefully we see a lot of grappling in this one or Tony goes out quick. I'm going to say we probably see, and this is weird to say because Tony just doesn't get finished, but I just see Chandler knocking him out with a you know powerful right hand i'm gonna say third round tony will last until round three chandler will catch him with the last bit of power he's got left we'll see i think we're both on the page with chandler though rose namanunas co-main event against carl espaza namanunas is 11 and 4 some interesting stats i got for you she was the lithuanian american national hall of fame class 2019 she's had an SB award nominee for best fighter in 2018 and 21 best mma fighter kids choice 2018 award ufc this woman is a two-time strawweight champion she's had performance of the night three times fight of the night three times most stoppage win stoppage wins in ufc women's strawweight division she's a she's a stud guys uh carl esperanza is 18 and 6 she was the initial strawweight women's champion she holds a victory over rose who well, admittedly we're just gonna say was a much different fighter back then she's got a fight of the night and a performance of the night twice on her belt and she was the ultimate 20 fighter winner she's also a former invicta fc strawweight champion <clears throat> randy in the comments he says he had a hot take to miro he's picking carla to win this i don't see that i think carla is going to make this interesting with her wrestling but i think on the ground i think that's where rose is gonna surprise some people maybe with her submission game and i think rose is gonna get a i'm gonna say she's gonna get a sub and i'm gonna say round two 
So this is their second fight, right? Carla choked Rose out in their first fight. I'm a huge Rose fan. She's, you know, probably my favorite female fighter. But her wrestling did look a bit suspect against Zhang in their last fight, who worked with Cejudo for, you know, I don't know, a few months before that. Her wrestling wasn't shit. So that that does worry me a little bit because Carla obviously has great wrestling. But I think... In terms of who's improved the most, who's added the most to their game since their first fight, it's got to be Rose. Her stand-up is absolutely amazing when she's in the zone. So if she can get in the zone, I think that Carla will have a hard time. She's a little bit shorter. I think she'll get held at range. But if she can get a hold of Rose, I know everyone talks about Rose's jujitsu, but if she gets a hold of Rose and can hold her down, I think she's going to beat her up and, you know, maybe choke her out again when Rose Rose will give up her back to try to get up. So it could happen again. I hope it doesn't, but my heart says pick Rose. My brain says pick Carla on this one. Interesting. Against Hooping Carla. What's up to producer Joe in the comments? Cage my IQ. He's pointing out that Esperanza has the advantage of grappling. She loves to use that body lock into leg sweeps. Right, yeah, and then in that, in that situation, Rose ends up on her back, and she has to play her guard game. You know, MMA math is, we know, doesn't really matter, but I just have to say, I'm looking at this record here. If you look at Esperanza's winning streak, Esperanza's winning streak, though, I'm looking at Michelle Watterson, Marina Rodriguez. You know, there's a lot of, you know, people that are on the way up, but I'm not seeing Jojana Jolana Jacek. I'm not seeing Weili Zing on there i'm not seeing jessica and draws i guess that's my point is if you look at the quality of people rose has gone on to beat it's a big yeah, difference very true yeah we will see this is a big step up cage my cue i want to get this in there again as rose has fought primarily strikers pass again that's yeah so we'll see i think that's where a lot of people are doing this <laughs> how was the grease play last week it was pretty good those people out there uh, put out a pretty good show Shout out to Guise. But let's move on to the main event. Right, that's another podcast. Come on now. <laughs> we got Charles Oliveira defending the lightweight title against Justin Gaethje. The highlight. Let's go through this here. Justin Gaethje's 23-3. and Guy was the collegiate NCAA Division All-American out of University of Colorado. And he doesn't use that wrestling anymore, but <laughs> that's that's something he's got. Stop takedowns. That's that's what he uses it for. Yeah. The Liddell Wrestling School. Absolutely. He is a he is a former interim champion. He has had fight of the night six times, performance of the night four times. First fighter to earn a post-fight bonus in each of their first seven UFC fights. Fight of the year. 2017 fight of the year 2021 in world series of fighting he was the one-time first and only champion that later became the pfl and he had five successful title defenses he's a stud he's one of the best charles Oliveira, on the other hand 32 8 and 1 he's the current champ he's got most finishes in ufc history most submission wins in ufc history Submission wins in UFC lightweight division history, too, tied with Jim Miller. Most submission wins in UFC featherweight division history. Post-fight UFC bonuses, he's tied with Cowboy Cerrone at 18. Most performance of the night awards in UFC. It's, it's ridiculous. Performance like 12. It's ridiculous. I'm just going to stop here. This is ridiculous. So this is a guy who basically started out as a featherweight, and he'd win some, lose some. He struggled with his weight. He was always very exciting. And then as a lightweight, he really started to make the climb, and he's just involved in a tremendous fighter. And he's a guy 
that back in the day, if he got caught or something, you know, it, it might have been the end of the fight. Not so much now. He's been caught in his last couple of fights where he won the lightweight title and where he was defending it, and he's come back in each of those fights. You can't count him out. He's mentally very strong. He doesn't break. I have a hard time not favoring him, but my heart wants to say Justin Gaethje. So for Gaethje to win this fight, to me, he's going to have to put on a very solid performance, keep it standing. Even though Bronx is capable of beating him, I feel like Gaethje is the better striker, but close, real close. So I'm going to go with Gaethje. I'm going to say it's a freaking war, and I'm going to say Gaethje finishes him round four. And I think this is going to be a back and forth, and this is going to be fight at night. Cage my cue before we get you in here. How many times can the Bronx avoid destruction in round one with getting knocked down and almost finish? So there you go. And Gaethje and Usman train together. There's also another point. And Rose. Case. And Rose, yeah. All with Trevor Whitman, yeah. Yeah, who's the next one coach? So what do you see happening here? So I, I think if Gaethje can keep Oliveira off of his back for the whole fight, like you said, he's going to be put too much pressure on him, overwhelm him with basically just violence and, and finish him. Probably a brutal knockout. The problem is Gaethje's a good wrestler, but his jiu-jitsu is suspect. He likes to get in close and throw those leg kicks and keep his guard up high and throw heavy shots and stuff. But the problem with that is if he gets in close like that, Charles is very sneaky and he could, you know, they clinch up and he just jumps to his back. So if that happens, Gaethje's going to be in trouble and I think he gets finished. But if he fights a little bit smarter, stays at just a little bit of range, use lots of leg kicks because Oliveira, you know, he's got some skinny legs and a wide stance. So his legs are there to get hit. Gaethje has multiple finishes via leg kicks. So I think that could be a big part of the fight. I think he's going to use that hurt his legs early and then follow up with you know his signature super heavy hooks and pressure so i'm gonna say he knocks him out round three okay and to answer cage my questions i cage my accused question do you think H uses his wrestling at all no <laughs> not if he doesn't have to i I, yeah. I think like we said he's more of a sprawl and brawl kind of guy so if charles goes for a takedown that's his wrestling is defending the takedown but i don't see you'll I don't see him going and engaging to get Charles down because that just puts him in the in Charles's wheelhouse. Yeah, Cage Mike, he will get one more. Let's see, Gagey needs to watch the Poirier fight and avoid those leg kicks to the side that did belongs to a Dustin. Absolutely, yeah. And Randy in the comments too. A couple is Nick Diaz fighting again? Is Nate Diaz fighting again? Well. The rumor is we saw a peek into Dana White's war room where they set up some fights, and it looks like Nate Diaz has got a fight for International Fight Week with Hazmat Shemaev, if that is true. If it is true, that's just to me like, hey, we're going to send you packing. <laughs> you want to get out of here? Shemaev is just a horrible, horrible matchup for Nate. I mean, I think Shemaev's is bigger. I think he's way bigger. Bigger, better on his feet. He's a superior grappler. Yeah, I don't like that matchup at all for Nate. I mean, Diaz is durable, but I think he's going to get ground and pounded and they'll just end up stopping the fight. Yeah, See, Nate's overrated, as I've mentioned on oh, yeah, the before. Yeah. So he's going to get fucking smashed hard by Hazma and and real fast. He's going to get injured, and I don't think he'll go out unconscious, but it'll get stopped early, I'm sure. Case he's mine, too too. slow. He's just too slow. He's just going to get clipped and put down on his ass and then swarmed. I just got to say, Cage my IQ. If it's true, I don't get the booking. Well, 
I'll tell you, because I know the gentleman who runs the site, and he watches pro wrestling too. Don't you understand what we're doing here? Nate is on his way out, so we're going to get the young guy over <laughs> by beating this guy who has a name. That's basically what it is, and I, I'm almost positive. Like Nate wants out of his contract. I think they owe him one more fight, and this is going to be his fight. So, yeah, um, the UFC doesn't want to see you leave with a win and then go no. off into some other promotion. Yeah, nah, that would really piss him off, probably. <laughs> or fight Jake Paul or whatever he does. Right. He probably right. gets smashed by Jake Paul, too. Yeah, probably. Imagine if he wins and then he leaves and then he beats up Jake Paul. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. That would be, that'd be yeah, so would great. Be, but, would, yeah, that would be so great. But I don't I don't see any of that happening. No, I don't either. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. It's going to be a great weekend of fights. Why don't you tell people one more time what we got coming up? All right. May 14th, UFC Fight Night preview of Blokovic versus Rakic. And then May 21st, we're going to preview UFC Fight Night Home versus Vieira. And then there's no fights on the 28th, so we're going to come up with something for you guys. Something special. All right, guys. Big fights this week and all around. Bellator, PFL, UFC, of course. I'm excited. So until then, we'll see you at the fights. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 